All right, connected, connected. Have you ever been disconnected? Uh, Elizabeth and I just went to a family reunion this, uh, this weekend in Indiana. Had to go through back roads, up 51 and up 52 and through Tompkinsville and through Salina. As my GPS says, Salina. And uh, we need a country version. A country Siri. Salina. They haven't made us one of those yet. Um, But sure enough, my son calls and really needed to talk. And it probably took three or four calls before I could talk to him. We kept losing the connection. It's not that I didn't want to talk to him. I did. It's not that we didn't have the latest and greatest equipment. We did. But we kept losing connection. And um, same thing with your life, with your marriage, with your job, but especially with God. This is our third time talking about our connection to God. It is vital. It is vital that when you come in here to worship that you don't just sing three songs and sit down, that you connect to God. You need to connect to God. He is here. Why not connect? So, John chapter 15, verse 1. We've been here for the last few weeks. We're going to stay here a little bit longer. You got your Bibles? Get them out. All right, let's read together. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me." I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples." Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask as we've prayed all morning that, Lord, we connect with you today, that we connect to the vine, that we connect to the word, that we connect to you, Jesus, and that, Lord, that you speak directly into our hearts and that we would be willing to change. We need to change. God, you don't change. We need to change and be transformed into your image. Change our hearts, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Very quickly, from this scripture, the metaphor of the vineyard. The metaphor of the vineyard. I'm just going to keep going. It'll catch up. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the vine dresser. You and I are the branches. We are not the fruit. We are not the vine dresser. We are not the vine. We are the branch. We are a conduit to bear fruit. And we have seen... In uh, this scripture, John 15, that there are, there are four different measures of fruit that, that can be produced through us. Number one, no fruit. Number two, fruit. Number three, more fruit. Number four, much fruit. Over the last two weeks, we have gone through basket one, two, and three. If you remember, no fruit, 
the Lord brings chastisement, brings discipline. When we go from fruit to more fruit, it says that he prunes us, that he... Um, um, in the pruning, sometimes where uh, before the chastisement and the discipline is due to sin, the pruning is due to self. We have allowed this growth to happen. We're going in 50 different directions, and the Lord says, wait a minute, we need to clip some of these back. They may not necessarily be bad. They just aren't the right timing or not for now or maybe not forever. Um, so how do we get from fruit to more fruit? How do we get from more fruit? We get from fruit to more fruit by pruning. How do we get from more fruit to much fruit? It says in John 15, verse 5, we've already read it. I don't know about you, but I want to get to much fruit. You know, when I see um, uh, the, the different folds, the tenfold, the twentyfold, the fortyfold, the hundredfold, why not? Why would God even tell us if we weren't to shoot for that bigger number? I want the hundredfold return. Even though the other folds are good, God, you showed me this one. I want this one. So I want to bear much fruit. It says that I can. Do you remember, you were chosen, if you remember from Scripture from last week, you were chosen to bear fruit. I am, say, I am chosen, I am chosen. to bear fruit. bear fruit. Amen. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. We have not touched on abiding this whole time. He's just talked about bearing fruit. But he who abides in me and I in him, what happens? You bear much fruit. You bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. There is a big difference from having a basket beginning to fill and a basket full. And that one word is abiding. And this morning, I've asked a special guest to come and speak to us on abiding. So, will y'all all welcome my wife, Miss Elizabeth Ramsey? Amen. Go get him. It's kind of like a maze getting up here. We have an aesthetically um, aesthetic approach to learning. <laughs> with all of this visually stimulating, um, colorful, artistic stage. I love it, and it speaks to children, it speaks to adults, and I, I love that we have a church that goes all out for VBS, Amen. opens hearts. Okay, so I'm going to get on track about abiding. <clears throat> but before I start talking, I want to tell you that um, I'm going to, one of the things the Lord just keeps giving me analogies. He, he speaks to me through family life situations a lot. And one of the things that he speaks to me a lot um, through is my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my father. And um, today I, I'm going to use some stories from my daddy. And I just want to say, sometimes I think it's hard um, if you've come from a background where you've had a tough relationship with your father or no relationship with your father. So today, I just kind of want you to, to go where the Lord wants to take you today. And I just want to remind you that Father God is a good daddy. And, you know, Paul and I did just come home from Indiana. And home, home is Indiana for me. I was born in Fort Wayne. We were in Kokomo, Indiana with um, my cousins this weekend, um, my uncles, my aunts. 
um, our grand, my grandparents are dead. So, of course, it's just the uncles and aunts and my daddy, you know, carrying on that tradition. But um, I left, we left our two little girls, our two youngest in Indiana, because they wanted to stay with everybody. These are cousins that they don't get to see very much. And so they were begging to stay. And so my daddy and his wife, Margaret, said, well, we'll bring them home. So they're going to stay, and they stayed another night in Indiana, and they're driving home from Indiana today. Paul and I had to get back for church. But I'm saying all this to say that when I leave my children, it's always hard for me. And I know you moms and dads can relate. It's so hard to leave your children, especially knowing that they're going to be on the road, you know, in a car, traveling. It's just hard. And so I gathered up my little baby girls, who are my baby girls, but they're, one of them's taller than me. And I'm kissing them, and I'm loving them, and I'm saying, stay with the group. Don't wander off. I've got one who likes to wander off at stores or gas stations and look at everything and read everything. And I'm like, stay with the group. Stay with the group. Don't wander off. She said, why are you telling me not to wander off, Mama? Are you worried about me? <laughs> Just don't wander off. And I'm loving them, and I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over them. And I'm saying, be safe. And Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing you, you back to me. And I'm standing there just all about my baby girls. And, and I hug them all, and I, I, I realize my daddy's standing right behind me. And the second I look up, there he stands. And he looks at me and he said, okay, now y'all be careful. And he starts, he, he's sending me and Paul off. He's sending me off in the car. And I'm sending my babies off. And I realize I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter and I've got a daddy who loves me. And I want to tell you, you've got a daddy who loves you. And so as we talk about abiding, I want you to remember your heavenly father loves you. Okay, so let's start. That was a story that wasn't in my notes. <laughs> okay, so this Easter, I invited my family over for lunch. And we were kind of stuck this Easter because um, it was kind of a like all family get together. Paul's family, of course, we've gone through the change of his grandparents have passed away. And so typically we would have, you know, maybe done something at Granny and Pa's house and then gone and seen my family. But with, with them not being here, it kind of made things a bit different. And then um, on Paul's side of the family, not only were we not going to Granny's, but then some of his siblings were scattered. So that left us with just Paul and Sarah and us. And then I had my dad who wanted to do something um, and, and my sister and her family. So I said, it just makes sense for me to host Easter. Just let me have Easter and let it be a big family, you know, like blended family. So it was the Ramses and the Browns and the Ogbenogs. So I am in the middle of school, right? Everybody knows I've just graduated and I was a little crazy woman and I was studying all the time, but I've got to do this big Easter dinner, which I was very thankful I was getting to do. Um, I was so happy everybody was coming to my house. But, um, you know, in doing Easter dinner, I'm not going to just do a crappy Easter dinner. And sorry that I say that, but it was going to be nice. And I was busy. I was a busy girl, but it was going to be nice food and it was going to look good. So I planned and I put out, um, my cousin had given me these really pretty purple placemats, which I really don't use except for springtime because my house is really not purple. So I get out my purple because it's Easter. And I went to the store and I got all these fresh flowers. And I got up there and I bought all the groceries and I got up there to pay for it all. And the flowers were so expensive that I was like, shoot, okay, I'll get 
these little tiny bit of flowers and put those back. And you know how you do and you finagle your way through. And I'm not going to spend all my grocery money on flowers. So I just bought a little bit of fresh flowers. And I had two tables because we were so large. So I get these little bit of flowers home and it's not looking too good. It's not enough flowers. And so I get this great idea, which is a great idea, right? To go outside and, and, and get dogwoods to cut the branches. And it's Easter, so it's beautiful. And this is Saturday. I've done all my paperwork for all my school, and I've got all my silver out. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Actually, I think on second thought, I think we ate on paper plates, but they were cute paper plates. Um, because I was too busy to wash silver. So having said that, I'm getting it all out. Everything's looking really good. I've cut these dogwood branches. They're beautiful. So on one table, I've got like the purple irises and bulbs. I don't remember what it was. And then I do this big, beautiful dogwood arrangement. Well, guess what? This is Saturday, right? Because I plan ahead. Sunday morning, I get up and my dogwoods are like, I mean, they looked awful. They looked awful. And I thought, oh, and they hadn't fallen off the branch yet, but they looked bad. And so I thought, well, we're just going to church. Everybody's coming over. They can just look at the dogwoods like that. And I kind of twisted it around and, you know, picked off the really bad ones and kind of tried to leave it. And needless to say, we had a really great lunch together. But by that evening, the flower blooms were pretty much all falling off. They looked really bad. Well, guess where I'm going with this? Um. You know, the truth is, is that dogwood, those blooms, when I cut them off from the trunk of that tree, when I separated them, they couldn't make it anymore. And so they really looked pretty pitiful. And then before it was all said and done, they just dried up and died. And so this begins to show me how important it is that we abide, that we stay close, that we don't separate ourselves from, from the Lord. The branches needed to be connected to the vine or the trunk. They couldn't survive or produce without being connected. So Paul just read 15, John 15, 1 through 8. And so, good, it's up there. Um, one thing I want to tell you when you're studying the Word of God, one thing that's helped me, years ago I took a um, K. Arthur Bible study. I learned how to be a teacher um, of Bible studies, and one of the things that she taught us, and it wasn't actually her, it was the people she trained, but they taught you to go through Scripture and read and circle and underline and make pictures and see kind of the theme that emerges, and really it works with any type of studying, but especially the Word of God, because as I started reading this Scripture and I started highlighting abide, and I noticed that it happens, abide is spoken, it's written seven times. Just from verse 15, verse 1 through verse 8. Now, it goes on further to talk about abide more. Um, but, I mean, obviously that's pretty important, right? Abiding. Let me just read this. I just feel like I need to. So, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So, this is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. Okay, that verse right there kind of like sticks out like a sore thumb to me. And I think, what exactly does that mean? And I'm just going to give you a little reference. I'm not going to speak on it today. But 
Um, John 13, 10 is going to explain that to you. And that was Jesus talking to the disciples. And um, so if you want to go put that in context, um, read that passage. So anyways, for what it's worth, those kind of things are important to me. Okay, so verse 4, abide in me. Here it goes, abide in me. So I highlighted abide, that's the first time. Abide in me and I in you. So we're supposed to abide in Jesus and I, Jesus is saying, in you. I'm going to abide in you. You abide in me and I'm going to abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless uh, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There was abide two more times. That was like my dogwood. You know, it it cannot, what's it say, Um, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Um, Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, that's the fourth time, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide, what number am I on? Is that five? Uh, six, one, two, three, four, five. I've got five in me. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide, I'm counting that as six, in me, in my words, abide in you. So if you abide in me, in my words, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. It glorifies the Father. Woohoo! I want Father God to be glorified. This glorifies the Lord. This glorifies Father God. Um, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Okay, so let's just look at abide for a minute. And I had read one time um, when you're studying, and one thing that's really helped me as a writer is to think like a thesaurus. I read that once when I was studying for the MAT, which is a big entrance exam. And when I read that, I thought, that is, that is so smart. Think like a thesaurus. And you know what? It really did begin, I really did begin to understand and broaden my vocabulary a bit when I did that. Um, that's just free information for you. So let's think like a thesaurus for a minute and talk about abide. Um, when I looked up abide, and first of all, I always go like to the Greek um, to the Greek word, um, and that word there, specifically in John 8, um, that word means to dwell or to reside. So think about that for a minute, to dwell or to reside. Well, so I got real interested in dwell and reside, and when I looked that up, when I just started thinking like a thesaurus, and I thought, well, what else does that mean to me? Um, I looked it up, and for dwell, it says reside, which obviously so, dwell or reside. Live, be settled, be settled. That's pretty good, isn't it? Be housed, lodge, stay, just stay. Um, Put up um, would be informal. Um, Abide would be formal. So, um, you know, it started sticking out to me, and I've known this through the years, that we really kind of need to settle into the Lord. We really just need to settle in. Um, I'm going to use a horrible analogy of my dog. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying that we're dogs, but I think that there's something to this. Um, My little Chili, he's our little dog, and I love little dogs in case you didn't know. 
But um, I always say to Chili, I think he hit the jackpot when he got us for a family because we just love him so much. And he's like the king of the house. He's really not, but he's really cute. And, um, but you know what I noticed about Chili is he really settles into me. He goes everywhere I go. If I'm studying at the computer or writing at the computer, you know what he's doing? He's laying at my feet. If I am cooking, he is either in the kitchen or he's on a pillow close to the kitchen where he can see me. If I'm upstairs in our bedroom, he's there. If I'm in the bathtub, he's on the rug in front of the bathtub. He loves me. If I sit on the couch, you know what he does? He squeezes right next to me, and he just settles into me. And, you know, he's a domesticated animal. But you think about that. He has been, you know, bred to live with humans, and he does it quite well. And I think that that's how really kind of, and we're not a dog, we're not an animal, but I think that there's something to settling into the Lord to where, you know what, I always want to be in his presence. I always want to be where he is. I just want to be where he is. And I just want to settle in there, and I want him to go with me where I go. I don't want to go without him. And so I just think that that's so good to start thinking about just kind of sticking to the Lord like glue. Just wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Wherever you lead me, that's where I'm going. Okay, <coughs> excuse me. So abide in me and I in you. Live, reside, settle into Jesus. Um, the nature of this union between the vine and the branch, guess what? It's a living union. The union is so close that each is nothing without the other. It's so close. Um, and each is holy for the other. And by holy, I mean W-H-O-L-L-Y. Not holy, like holy, holy. You are holy, Lord. But I'm holy for the Lord. And it's a living union. It's a living relationship. And he, he's, got, he's got little jobs for me to do. He's looking for me to be life and love to other people. He's looking for me to spread his gospel and to spread his word and to pray with people and to love people. And I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him to help me. You know, that song we sang today, Out of the Darkness We Will Rise and Sing. I mean, out of the darkness, he just rescues me. Okay. So here goes the story about my daddy. Okay, you guys know my mom passed away when I was 21. My mom was my best friend. We talked all the time. We talked every day on the phone. In fact, it's funny because my dad, whenever we were separated by distance, my mom and I would talk on the phone, and my daddy would pick up the phone and listen on the other end for about 10 minutes. And then he'd say, okay, I'm hanging up now. I love you. And he would hang up. And then my mother would go fill in all of the information. Well, this is what she's doing. This is what's going on in her life. Here's what happened. And she was kind of the, the go-between. But I had a great relationship with my daddy. But when my mama died, guess what? Daddy had to stay on the phone a little bit longer. He just did. And it was an effort. You know, and he's heard it all. And, but he did it. He's done so well. But I want to tell y'all that um, I noticed, and I've always loved it about him, but when he comes to visit us, me and Paul and our children at our house, 
you know, a lot of what goes in our, our, on in our home when we're awake goes on in the kitchen. And it's centered around meals, not that we eat all the time. But you know how it is when you have family in and you're cooking and, you know, preparing. And I have a bar that sits right in front of my kitchen sink. And my daddy comes in and he parks himself right at that, in that bar stool. And he just sits and looks at me, watches me, talks to me. He wants to be with me. And I've always cherished that about him. I've loved it about him that he will just hang out with me like that. And um, it didn't really dawn on me what was happening until my children have gotten older. Because, you know, for a long time I was just a mother of young children. And now I have a 17-year-old, I have a 16-year-old, I have a 13-year-old. <laughs> oh, she just turned 13 this week. And a 10-year-old. And just to throw a little research at you, because I think that this is cool, but do you know that the average preschooler asks about 100 questions a day? Yeah. Moms of preschoolers. Yes, you know this, don't you? And do you know if you have a gifted child, that they may ask as many as 400 questions a day? Mm -hmm. I have one of those. I don't know that she definitely, we've never had her IQ tested, but she asks so many questions, it like after a while it makes your brain hurt. Please, just don't ask me anything else. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> we have to analyze coconuts when we go to the beach, and we have to talk about coconut trees or palm trees, whatever they are, and how many different varieties there are of them. Why didn't we see any coconuts that time, and when is the season for coconuts? And I don't really know, but let's find out. That's the kind of stuff we have to go discover. So... Anyways, it's a lot of questions. Well, okay, so that's preschoolers, right? And, um, but when teenagers, when they become teenagers, guess how many questions they ask on the average day? Four to six. Four to six, if you're lucky. And usually some of those questions are like, what's for dinner? Did you do my laundry? Did you get that stain out that I told you about? So... You know, these, these, it changes a lot. It changes a lot. And, you know, in our household, I'm like one of those mamas. I'm like, you're going to have to talk to me, aren't I? Aren't I? My kids know. You're going to have to talk to me. i got to know you. i got to know you. We live here together. I want to know what's on your heart. You're going to have to talk to me. And I'm sort of fishing, and I try hard to give them space. I realize their friends are important. I realize their alone time is important. That's okay with me, but throw me a bone. Tell me something, because I want to know you. So it changes, right? And I'm in this life change, I guess. Um, but I think that it's so interesting that the Lord tells us to have childlike faith. You know, he doesn't tell us to have teenager-like faith. He tells us to have childlike faith. And so I think that idea of plugging into your parents and asking a million questions and wanting to be at their side and chasing them around, I think there's something good about that. And I really think there's something to that. And I think that we got to remember to be childlike and not teenager-like and not give the Lord one-word answers. How you doing? Fine. What'd you do today? Nothing. But, you know, throw me a bone. Talk to him. Love him. Tell him he's great. I love you. And we've worked on this. Our teenagers, let me say they're good teenagers. I can stand here today and say they are great teenagers, y'all are great teenagers, and I love you. But, but we have worked on talking. It's just life. 
And so I want to encourage you, be childlike. Be childlike and talk to the Lord. Abide with Him. Dwell with Him. Settle into Him. Chase Him around. Go after Him. Get in His presence. And so back to the story of my daddy sitting at my bar. You know that scripture. It's Psalm 41, 40, verse 1. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. And you know, the Lord leans in. I, I love that scripture. He inclines his ear, and he leans in. And you know what? I get that picture of my daddy sitting at the bar and leaning into me and saying, you matter. You matter. And I want to hear you. And it's like that relationship with my teenagers. I'm telling you, when they talk, guess what? I listen. And I don't care. I don't care what time it is at night. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock and I'm exhausted. I don't care if I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to you. Because you matter to me. And when you turn it on and you start talking to me, I'm going to incline my ear to you. And I just have to think, God created us in his image. And I think he's leaning in. I think he loves it when we talk to him. I think he loves it. And he wants to hear what's on our heart. And I think he wants us to know what's on his. And so I think back to that word about abiding in his word. Where does it even say that? Who sees it? What verse is it? Abide in his word. Where is it? God's in me. Thank you. Seven, I hear you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. You know, this is relationship. This is not a one-word answer, but this is a relationship. And so when I abide in him, where is it up there? Seven? When I, when I abide in him and he in me, I've got to get in the word of God. We have got to get in the word of God. We have got to read and see what's on your heart, Lord. We've got to pray what's on your heart because I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want it to just be one-sided. And let me tell you something. When my daddy comes and sits at my bar, you know what? It's just not all me doing all the talking. That's no fun. I want to know about him. I want to know about his life. I love him. I care about him. Just like I want to know about Paul's life. I want to know about Rita Marie's life. I want to talk to them. And Pete, he's in here. <laughs> I want to know. And I think the Lord's the same way. He wants to know us. Okay, so let me make sure I'm making all my points. Um, okay, so the branch can do nothing without the vine. That's verse 4. Verse 5 says, without me you can do nothing. Um, I'm going to read it right here. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. We've been talking so much about fruit. Um, for with, without me, you can do nothing. And you know what? It's so the truth. Without me, you can do nothing. I need the power of Christ. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that, we're, we're, that we can produce that life-flowing sap that runs from Jesus into us. We need it, and it makes us dependent on him. You know what? Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, you're hurting so bad, 
and I wish I could do something about it. I don't know what you need. I've just experienced that. I walked away from a family member yesterday, and she's hurting so bad. But she doesn't open up. She doesn't talk. It's just like you just see it. And I think, aside from just the Lord, I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know how to help you. And I've prayed so hard for the Lord to give me a word for her. And you know what? I didn't get it. And it really kind of made me sad. Like, I was still even burdened about it this morning. But that's where I just know his timing's perfect. And you know what? That word will come. And her heart will be open to receive it. And I trust that if it's not me, it's going to be somebody else who has it for her. But you know what? I want to bear fruit. I want to give her life. And I have life to give because I have Jesus in me. And so do you. Okay, um, let's see. Okay, so have you ever thought about the science behind it? Um, just behind the scripture alone, um, the, all that the vine does and has, you know, all that it has, it gives to the branches. You know, you think about just studying like, you know, like third, fourth grade science when we just study about the stem and how it, you know, gets um, water up through the roots and it carries, it's like the transport system and it sends it out you know, to those branches or to that flower or wherever. And all the, that water, that minerals, the nutrients, all those things are flowing through and getting delivered right where it needs to go. And you know what? We got to stay close to the life source. And, and everything that he has, I just feel like he's just given to us. Like that same power that raised Jesus Christ from, the, from death. Yeah, that's in you. That's in me. That's in us. That same power, that same Holy Spirit power that made the blind eye see and made the deaf hear and encouraged and brought joy and, and, and broke the prisoners free, that same power is flowing to us. Amen. I'm not doing good on time, am I? Um, so verse 7, I talked about the science behind it. Abide in me and my words in you, and ask and it shall be done for you. Um, abide in me and my words abide in you. So we're going to abide in, abide in him, that's a capital me, Jesus, and my words, that's Jesus' words, abide in, in us, and what we ask and you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And you know what? Sometimes people come up to me and they say, thank you for praying with me. Thank you for doing that. Thank you because my arm was healed, or my headache went away, or my child came back, or whatever it is that they were praying for. And I prayed with them, and I believed it. And I'm like, you know what? I was just happy to be a part of it. I was just so happy. And I know what the Word of God says. You know, when his words are inviting in us, then we know we can pray for that child who's in rebellion to return. We, we know that we can pray for the sick to be healed because that's what the word of God tells us. We know that we can pray for marriages to be restored because that's what the word of God tells me. I know that that's God's heart. And how do I know those things? Because I'm in his word. And so I can go after it. You can go after it. And it's good. But that comes from abiding in his word. And I know that I'm not just praying some obscure thing that I just made up. Well, that's just not some goofy thing I thought of. No, that's the word of God for your life. It's good. Okay. Amen. 
Um, and and the, the, the last kind of just kind of wrapping up here, it says, you will ask what you desire. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, by what? By abiding, allowing his words to abide in us, by abiding in him, by settling in, by curling up, like little chili just curls up next to me, by just settling in, by knowing him, by having a conversation with him, by not just giving him one word answers, but having a conversation, loving him, praying him, by abiding in him, by this, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Isn't it good that this brings glory to the Father? When we abide, when we settle in, when we dwell with Him, when I'm running after His presence and I'm not quite satisfied with anything less, but I love Him and I want Him and I'm running after Him and you know what? When I'm folding laundry, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. When I'm driving in my car, and it doesn't mean that I do it all the time, but I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm not perfect. I don't drive around and have a holy thought all the time, but I do a lot of the times. I'm trying to abide. I'm trying to dwell. I'm trying to rest in His presence and settle in. And so, you know what? Just your little time when you're doing little mundane tasks around your house or your job, you can reflect on the Lord. And settle into his presence. Just settle in. Just chase him around and settle in. It's good. So Jesus is the vine nourishing us. Remember, he's nourishing us. He's bearing us. He's supplying us. He's using us, filling us to the full to make us bring forth fruit abundantly. To bring forth fruit abundantly. Be life to somebody. Be life to your family. To give to others, to, 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 be, to give life to others, to love others. And so I want to encourage you, are you ready to abide this morning? I think a lot of you probably already are abiding. I think a lot of you know how to do this. I think a lot of times we know how to do it and sometimes we're not doing it all the time. But I think you're here on a Sunday morning and that tells me a lot. I think you're ready to abide. I think you are abiding. I think we're all learning and growing in this. But you know what? Let's settle in. Let's settle in this morning. And make it a little bit more on purpose. A little bit more on purpose. And realize how dependent we are on God. He's our source and he's our supply. And he's good. So let's be childlike in our faith. Let's not just give one-word responses, but let's be childlike. And let's run to the Lord together. Um, I think that we're really just at a place where I just want to open up the altar. And if this has touched you in some way, you know, I think sometimes the Lord just is speaking to you and you just know it. And you just know it's time. You know, and if you're just feeling like, Lord, I've just been living my life. But I'm ready to live it for you. 
I'm ready to just see a change come. And I want to be different for you, Lord. And so if that's you today, I just encourage you it's not too late. And today's the day. Just make a decision for him today and start living for him. So if you have any needs at all, I think our prayer team ministry can come on up and let's just pray together. And so I'm just gonna offer up a prayer um, right now as they're moving forward. Father God, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for teaching us this morning how to settle in, how to draw near to you, God. Father God, I thank you for your word. This is in James, but it says as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And so, Father God, I thank you for this morning. And I thank you, God, that we're coming, Lord. We're drawing near to you this morning. And I thank you, God, that as we come, you come. That as we take that step of faith, God, that you come. You come running to meet us. Thank you, Father. Have your way, God. Have your way and help us, Father. Learn how to abide in you. How to settle in. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys stand as we sing. The altar is open. If you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you need prayer for any reason, you need breakthrough, you just want to make that step into abiding and just want someone to pray with you, the altar is open. You guys come on down.